Kira and welcome back to Rara Radio. Each week we have a different theme for our podcast and this week's theme is Too Spooky For Me. Are you ready Angela? Sounds spooky. Wait, is there going to be ghosts? If there's ghosts I'm out. No promises there, but I can tell you it will be fun. Okay, good. Our first story today is from Jenna and Yuki, Act 1, Last Smithereens. It was five days before Christmas. Everything was good. Everything went my way until Mum forced me to go Christmas shopping with her at the warehouse. For some extremely strange reason, I had very odd feelings about the warehouse. It all started when me and my friends were all around the campfire telling fake horror stories. Once there was a little boy shopping with his mum at the warehouse and then everybody shopping got turned into mannequins! I remembered all these words that she said. They were all stuck in my brain. Why? So anyway, we found a car park right in front of the door which was handy so we didn't need to walk very far. Are you coming in, Astrid dear? Uh... No thanks. Well, yes you are. I don't know what to get your father and I need help. Please? (sighs) Okay. We walked through the automatic sliding door entrance and walked past the cheap technology section and walked to the appliances section. There were large containers, small containers and cooking products like saucepans and pots. I don't think Dad would like a container. How about a um, oh, a fishing rod or a wetsuit? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Uh, shoe size, hmm, 7.5 rod. If they don't have that, then try 7. I walked, kind of jogged over to the fishing section and found a 7.5 rod, which had red with black stripes down the side. I took it out of the crate and walked over to where Mum was. I ran over to the clothes section and there stood a little boy holding a pair of Toy Story pyjamas with his mum, who looked like she, she was looking at dresses. But you couldn't tell, because they were mannequins. I thought that was strange, so I thought I'd better just go back to my mum. And I screamed, jumped, and panted. There stood my mum, wearing the same clothes, but she was made out of glass. My 47-year-old mum had just turned into a glass mannequin. I ran to the checkouts and there stood yet another glass mannequin who was wearing the warehouse working uniform. She was smiling and passing a plastic bag which looked like it had a photo frame in it to a man with ripped jeans and a mucky t-shirt who of course was one of these strange, creepy figures. The light flickered, then went out, then strangely turned on again. I was shaking, panting, and screaming. Who's who's there? Are you there, Mum? Suddenly, something made a click sound. I walked over to aisle one and saw nothing was on the shelves anymore. I ran to aisle two. Nothing. Aisle three. Nothing. Aisle four. Nothing. Everything in the shop had disappeared. The radio was still playing. Then... There was a puff noise, and the ground got surrounded by what looked like toxic black smoke. I screamed and screamed and cried, 
I climbed up to the top of a shelf and whimpered. Then I realised I had my phone on me. All I need to do is call Dad so he can come and pick me up. I found Dad in my contacts so I called him straight away from the other end of the line. A lady picked up. Who is this? Why isn't this Dad? Hi there, I'm sorry to say this, but I asked him if he'd rather die or his daughter would suffer. He chose to die, but I'm going to make you suffer anyway. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you can't do this. Why are you so cruel? Then the lights flickered, then went out completely. I tried to breathe, but I couldn't. It felt like I was stuck in a space without a bodysuit or a mask. No, that's it. I'm trapped in the warehouse with no way to get out. Some phobias are normal, like spiders, heights, and public speaking. But today, Bella Ravel will be interviewing Ella Matthews about some of the strangest phobias around. Act 2, the world's weirdest phobias. Hi, I'm Bella. My friend Ella is afraid of everything. Seriously, I don't even know how she gets to school in the morning. I decided to sit down with her and find out what she's so afraid of and why. Hi Bella, how are you? Cool intro, by the way. I'm good, thanks. I was wondering, when did these phobias start? Wow, Bella, I heard there's a certain type of banana that can eat you. And, well, that's scary. Seriously? Why does that make you afraid of all bananas? Well, you can't tell an evil banana from a normal one. And they're all yellow. OK, what's wrong with the colour yellow? The brightness of the colour blinds you. Would you like to be blinded? Oh my god, no. But yellow's all around you, isn't it? What about the sun? Do you live under an umbrella your entire life? No, 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 no. Umbrellas are one of my worst phobias. Just all the colours staring at me like they're a team going against me. I just can't deal with it. But what about when it's raining? What do you do then? Duh, isn't it obvious I stay inside because I hate rain? What? You've never splashed in puddles before? Just the wetness crawling up on me, it's just too much to handle. Ombrophobia is one of the worst. That's crazy. Does your phobias ever stop you from doing things you enjoy? No, because I'm very, very scared of them. Good point. What about animals? Especially ducks. They're so adorable. Don't even mention the name. It just gives me sweat thinking about them. Anatodiophobia is the fear of the evil ducks. What's so scary about them? They're so fluffy and cute. I can't believe there's even a name for that. It's ridiculous. No, they're not. The way they look at you, with their red, beady eyes, watching every move you make. Well, thank you for your time. Oh, wait, it's rainy outside. You wouldn't mind staying for a few more questions, would you? If it saves me from going outside in the rain, then yes, please. Great. Oops, I forgot to mark off my calendar today. Better do that now. No, please don't. Just seeing the days fade away, getting older every minute. OK, I'll put it away. Just don't freak out. Thanks. That's so weird. Oh, wait, hold on. My boyfriend's FaceTimed me. This will only take a second. Love, I wish I had that. People say my fears are just not normal. Can you believe that? Well, yeah. 
They aren't. <laughs> ah, your boyfriend has a bed. Please, please hang up. Okay, okay, done. Just don't tell me you're afraid of beards too. Just the way they hang down from your face with spiky edges. Ugh. How and why did you become afraid of beards? Well, my dad had a beard and just all the leftover hair hanging down. It's almost like it's sword stabbing at your face. That's so random. Uh, we can be scared together. There's a spider over there. That's one thing I'm not scared of. The cute little spiders. Okay, I'm out. I'm done. I can't deal with this. I am not signed up for spiders. Chill out. They're just an eight-legged friend. What a chicken. Wait, is that a chicken? There are some things in nature you can't explain. This next story from Rebecca, Moon and Angela Lou will unpack one of those phenomenons. Act 3, The Fog. It was a dark and stormy night. There was lightning and thunder in the sky. Pearl laid in her bed, listening to the sound of the rain crashing against her window. Soon enough, she drifted off to sleep. Pearl woke up. She shifted her gaze to the window. Outside, she saw fog lingering in the air. She had never actually seen fog, so naturally she was excited. She arrived at school and was walking up to her classroom. She passed the field on her way there, but when she got a glance of what was on it, her jaw dropped. Fog, fog and more fog. No field was shown, not a speck of green in sight. There was a few students snapping pictures and some were just staring at it. A group of boys from her class running through the fog. The bell rang and everyone returned to class. Something was out of place though. The class seemed smaller somehow. Students were missing. Her teacher was aware of the boys on the field earlier, so he sent out two girls to fetch them. He was certainly not impressed. The girls didn't come back either. Worried replaced anger as more minutes ticked by. She decided it was best to tell the principal. Turns out that children from all the classes had disappeared. The school was the largest in the city, but had 19 classrooms. There was a lot of nooks and crannies to hide in. As two adults discussed their next move, Pearl noticed the classrooms looked darker, cobwebs ga gathering in the corners. A shiver ran down her spine. This place didn't seem like school anymore. The school day continued like normal, except the fact that half the school had disappeared. Assembly, the last part of Pearl's day, and the whole school had a pretty good guess what was the principal's announcement. As predicted, she sent out small groups of teachers and some volunteer students. The amount of students got smaller and smaller, then all the teachers started to disappear. All that was left was Pearl and her best friend Melody, and the principal. Things were getting creepy now. As they exited the hall, Melody and Pearl came across a red handprint still dripping in what looks like blood. Under the handprint lay a pile of clothes. Pearl noticed that the fog had come rolling into the school. Suddenly, her teacher came running in, pale white in fear. But when they reached him, he evaporated into the air, only leaving his clothes where he last stood. This caused the principal to tumble backwards, almost falling down to the ground. It was decided just to leave the school and let the cops deal with it in the morning. This was easier said than done. They were at the farthest point from the school gate. It would take a lot of courage to walk through the school. Melody got scared. She tried calling home. Her cell phone didn't work. 
They had already walked to the field, their last obstacle. What they, could, what they had seen was what could only be described as ghostly. Fog stretched across the whole field. Wisps of it in different shades of blue and grey drifted past. Pearl felt like she was being watched, an echoey voice, something was going on. Suddenly, a ghastly figure appeared wearing floaty, ghostly dress. She was blue, but not from the cold. Pearl tried to grab her hands, but it slipped right through the girl's skin. A shriveling scream ran through the air. There was no doubt about it. The girl was a ghost. The ghost changed colour, now turning crimson red. Her cheeks stained with what looked like blood, a, mi- a matching colour to her lips and hair. The colour must match her mood, and she was angry. There was one idea in everyone's head. Run. Pearl's leg started racing off at full speed. She was closely followed by the principal and Melody. Without thinking, Melody, Pearl and the principal raced for the fog. They they almost got there when Pearl stopped. The other two didn't think of waiting for Pearl. They raced into the fog. Pearl turned around to find she was alone. Alone with an angry mob of red ghosts surrounding her. Her heart skipped a beat. Among the ghosts was her teacher. Floating next to him was the principal. On the other side of the ghost pack, Pearl saw her best friend Melody, also transformed into ghost. She tries to step away, but instead Pearl collapses down to her feet. And then it all went dark. She could no longer see normally, except that everything was a pale blue colour. She had died. Most horror films have a formula. Main character gets kidnapped, things go horribly wrong for them, and the murderer comes out on top. This next story from Jordan Keane will put a twist on that formula. Act 4. Would you like to play a game? Walking out to his car with his groceries, Billy Bob opened the trunk and put the groceries inside. As he was about to close the trunk, a pole hit him on the back of the head and everything turns black. He can't feel anything. A mysterious and dark figure reaches into his pocket and pulls out his phone and throws it away in a, in a nearby bin. He takes B- Billy Bob's body and puts him in the back of the trunk and drives away. A security camera caught the whole thing on tape. Meanwhile, at the police station... <sighs> Bring up the supermarket parking lot cameras. Why? We've received an anonymous call saying to look at the cameras at this time. Nothing else. We couldn't even trace the call to a nearby location. Okay, I'll bring up the footage now. 20 minutes later. Sir, with all due respect, we've been looking at this footage for 20 minutes. It must have been a prank caller or something. Really, would a prank caller have a muffled voice and an untraceable cell phone? I guess not. Hey, sir, look at this! The detective looks over the security guard's shoulder as the detective stares at the footage. They see Billy Bob packing his groceries into a car. Then a dark hooded figure walks up behind him with a metal pole and hits him to knock him out. It can't be him. He's done it again. Can you get me a picture of that license plate? Sure. Let's see here. Mm. Got it. It's H3LPM3. Can you get me a trace on that car? Yep, yep, working on it. It's in the wood, parked next to their cabin. Come on, people, this is the real deal. We've got him now. Billy Bob wakes up in a dark room. All he can see is a table with a revolver, rope, and sharp knives. Where? Where am I? Billy sees a hooded man stand on the other side of the room holding a box. Do you like games? I asked you, where am I? 
That does not matter. Okay then, what torturous game are we playing today? How do you know we are going to play a torture game? Because that's the plot of every single horror story ever. What if I told you we're not going to be playing a torture game, but a much more humiliating way to die? So, how will I die? How about death by a board game? What game? How about the scariest game there is? A game of hungry, hungry hippos. The hooded figure steps into a light, holding a game of hungry, hungry hippos. So, my first question is, why is your voice so deep? Puberty hit me hard. I see. What's your name? Peter. My name is Peter. Here's how this is going to work. We're going to play a game of hungry, hungry hippos. And if you win, I will let you go. Now I'll also give you a shot of amnesia, so you won't remember anything. But if I win, you'll be fed alive to a hippo waiting outside. And I should mention, he is very, very hungry. Okay, three, two, one, go! Staring at each other, Billy Bob and Peter start smashing their hands on the hippo's backs. Then all of a sudden, the doors kick down and the security guard and detective walk in. Freeze! Peter, you're under arrest! Both the detective and the guard's mouth drop. What's going on here? Thank God you guys are here. Please, he was going to kill me if I lost this game. What do you mean, man? I was going to let you win the game. Officer, take him away. No. And that was the story of Peter, the guy who has been addicted to hungry, hungry hippos since he was born. Me and my hippo will strike again. Our final story this week comes from James Boswell and is guaranteed to give you the spooks. Act 5, The Hee Hee Clown. So, how can you explain this to us? A house disappeared where you were and there was a dead man at your feet. We were walking down the street when we heard a maniacal laugh. Okay, then what was that laughter or are you just trying to get out of here? No, and we're getting to that. So we had a dead that we would find out what that was and run back to my house. Why didn't you go back to his house immediately and then call the police? Because you're too young to do this stuff. A, because they wouldn't believe us. And B, because of curiosity. So we went inside and we somehow got transported to an abandoned carnival. That isn't possible! Be quiet! Anyway, we looked behind us and the door was gone. We started to freak out and we knew the only way out was through the carnival. We opened up the gates and then we were inside the house. Blood was on the wall with a floating head and blood dripping from it. Explain that then. We can't! Fear trickled up our spines. We spun round, but the door was gone, so we had to move. We started to run, then my friend rose into the air and said in a deep, low voice, You are in a house of no escape. You shall die by what creatures you find. Then he collapsed to the floor, twitching. Then I heard a child's laugh. That's not true. Calm down and let the kids talk. Anyway, when I got in the room, I saw a light. It looked like a boy and a girl. A ghost, I thought. Then they disappeared. And all of a sudden, knives were getting thrown at me. I ran away as fast as I could. Then I came face to face with my worst fears. Animatronics. 
mascots, and worst of all, clowns. I tried to walk past them without getting noticed, but they saw me. Then the mascots came at me, but they fell over. And then, sadly, an animatronic knocked me out. When I woke up, I saw the hee hee clown. Oh God, he's the world's most wanted man. How did you defeat the greatest man who ever lived? Well, I wouldn't say he was the greatest, definitely the worst. I saw a dagger come out of nowhere and it stabbed me and my friend in the shoulder. I grabbed a knife off the ground and cut myself free. Then all the animatronics ran at me and I said, it's a good thing that I've been doing my electronics homework. I used the knife to cut off the heads of all the animatronics. I grabbed the knife off my friend and nearly slit the throat of the clown. The clown cut off my right pinky and I yelled in pain. Then he came in for the kill. So he raised a dagger with a malicious smile across his face. So I used up all my anger and threw the knife at him and it landed right in his head. Poof! The house was gone except me, my friend and the hee hee clown. And then I fainted because my pinky was gone. Actually, now that we're talking about it, it's still bleeding. So can I go to a doctor or hospital now? See, it's gone. Get the mind wiping device so they won't remember things. I can get my business up and running again. The hee hee clown is back. What's, What's that? Oh, nothing. <laughs> Thank you to everyone who's given feedback for our first episode. We really appreciate it. Thanks to Chris Johnston, who is constantly telling us about his greatest fear in life. And now to diaphobia. It's a fear of the evil ducks. And the wonderful staff at Rara Intermediate. Thanks for listening and see you next time.